uh, and it, we shouldn't have shut it down at all, but, but it could be a few days. That audio courtesy of Fox News. Government funding is set to run out Friday. Vice President Kamala Harris's chief spokesman, Simone Sanders, is leaving the White House at the end of the year. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki praises Sanders for her work in the administration. She is uh, whip smart and she is... Uh, she Really nice, spring-like, but rather decent, mid-70s over the next several days. Areas of fog could return tonight in patches. Sunshine to partly cloudy the rest of the day to the middle of 70s. Overnight low, lower to upper 50s with the morning fog. It'll become partly sunny again through the day to low to mid-70s tomorrow. Sunshine to partly cloudy Saturday and Sunday, mid-70s each day over the weekend. Monday morning, scattered showers about the area, followed by cooler weather late Monday into Tuesday. And we see no reason to stop it now. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. You want to talk about food? You want to talk about food gifts for Christmas? You want to talk about a dining experience you've had? Whatever it is that you would like to talk about. If it has to do with food, we're in. Give us a call. Five five six nine six nine six. According to Tom, it is beignets for a breakfast day. You know, I could see that. I could see that being kind of an every kind of day here. I don't know what beignets for breakfast means to anyone but Tom, but let's see. Beignet is French for any kind of battered, fried finger food. But here in New Orleans, it connotes the square plump donut fried by the zillions in the French market-style coffee houses around town. They're eaten by threes with cafe au lait, made with dense chicory coffee and hot milk. Their importance as a local culinary icon was best illustrated when the Café du Monde reopened for business seven weeks after Hurricane Katrina. That is such ancient history now. I was thinking about how long it's been. It's been a long time. That story made all the national news outlets. Beignets with three sauces, beignets with... Uh, but most beignets are consumed late at night after an evening spent in other entertainments. They are delightful for breakfast. The coffee houses aren't nearly as crowded. The service isn't as rushed. And the feeling is to linger and watch the French Quarter come to life. Like many dishes that have remained unchanged for over a century, beignets are intrinsically not that big a deal. Eating all three that come to an order is not a good idea, unless, of course, you're a male in his late teens or early 20s, in which case, whoops, too late, they're already gone. But because that last one will bloat and leave you with a bad feeling about beignets, and you don't want that. You know, I usually think that I um, do not like the bastardization of an iconic New Orleans dish. Um well, this isn't a New Orleans dish, but the bastardization of club sandwich, for example, the BLT. Um, what else, Patty? What can you think of that's, that takes off in ways that it shouldn't 
when people understand it to be something and it's not that. Po-boys, you know, people think Well, my point is, think about it, and if you come up with one, let me know. But think, my point is that I don't mind at all the bastardization of beignets. Like, it's kind of hard to beat a really good crab beignet with some remoulade sauce instead of powdered sugar. That's pretty good. I gotta say, best ones that I know of around town are to be found at. Um, well, I don't know if they're. I don't know their situation at the moment. It's one of those fluid things. But the new Higgins Hotel down in the warehouse district, which is, I believe, a Hilton property. I think it's like it's like the five tier Hilton property. They opened right before COVID, which was really unfortunate. And they had yeah. a terrific restaurant called Cafe Normandy there. Did you ever make it there, Patty? No, Cafe I haven't, Normandy? but I've heard about it. Uh, I've heard yeah. really good things about it. And the whole hotel, they got a rooftop bar and everything. It's really yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, it, now the cafe, Cafe Normandy, is not um, the bar. The bar is called. Rosie the Riveter, because it's, right. you know, it's a themed hotel. And Rosie the Riveter has a happy hour where they serve these crab beignets. And it's a really nice view. It's, it's unexpected. It's not right at the river, but you can see the river and everything else. It's a really nice place, worth going to for sure. But they have this restaurant called Cafe Normandy, which is also really great. And they have a, a more casual place which I forget what it's called, in the main lobby, like off to the lobby, like the bar, and they serve food there as well. But the only place that I think you can get the crab beignets at this time is uh, Rosie the Riveter upstairs. It's like on the fourth floor. And, uh, and they serve the crab beignets in a little basket with a, you know four or five of them, and they're just really great. They're served with marmalade sauce. It's my favorite crab beignet at the moment. I, I make a pretty mean one myself, but uh, have not made them in a while. I think last year I made them for Thanksgiving. But anyway, crab meat beignet is definitely a forgivable uh, twist on the classic beignet, at least in my opinion. I don't know. There's some people who are probably purist about the beignet. It's got to be what it's got to be, but and I totally get that, but uh, I think that you could it, you know, you could do a lot worse than wrap delicious things in a dough and fry it. I mean, <laughs> let's get real, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's the beignet for today. Well, the kitchen sage goes along with that and says that you can make beignets from scratch using Cafe Dumont's mix or a recipe, but you can also make them much easier Buy a can of the cheapest biscuit dough in the refrigerator case, pop it open, cut the biscuits into halves or even quarters. You can punch a hole in the center, too, if you want. Then fry them in clean, 375-degree oil till they're brown, a little darker than your instincts tell you to. You drain them, dust them with powdered sugar, and those are beignets, too, and they're really, really good ones. Uh, and, and they're in your own house. <laughs> you don't have to make a long trip to go somewhere. So uh, that works. That totally works for us. We used to do that a lot when the kids were little, but uh, now we're more inclined to do things like the crab meat beignets. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you, Tom. Please do not do anything with that. Please do not do anything with that. I found an old coffee cup of Tom's, and it. 
where did I find it? I'm trying to think of where I found it. I found it. It was, um, I don't, I don't even know where I found it, but it was at one time filled with coffee and it is in one of Tom's favorite coffee cups, which is the Don seafood mug. And when I saw it, I thought, oh, you know, I haven't seen those in a while. And that's why, cause I, I don't know how it got there, but anyway, it has oh, since yeah. solidified into what is now a, um, it kind of looks a little bit like pottery in the inside. It's, it, um, it's a solid, crusty mass, which is sitting out on the table. And um, Tom was looking at it longingly like he was about to have another cup of coffee. I had to stop him. All right, 556-696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm here. I would love to talk to you. Lloyd Street by today are from Ruth. Draper, a British humorist and speaker who was born today in 1884, they found that the eclair contains everything my system lacks. So I take three a day and I feel like a new woman. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, are you are you an eclair eater? Did I ask you that once before, Patty? Uh, I don't think so, but yes, I love eclairs. You do like eclairs. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. But they have I'm to be not, chocolate uh, on the outside and chocolate on the inside i'm not crazy oh, about do. the ones that are vanilla on the inside where, where do you get them when you get them hey dales has the best uh okay yes yeah i could see that mm-hmm. um i am definitely not a pate fan um which is a specific kind of french dough that i find to be what's wrong with pate in my opinion it's um I don't know. The consistency of it offends me. That's the best way I can explain it. It's it's kind of a hard shell. Okay, that's what it is. It's a hard shell that has the inside evaporate, which <laughs> I can't explain it, but it annoys me. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Uh. It's kind of like paper, like tasty paper. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but you would need paper, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't taste a whole lot better than paper. I mean, an eclair shell and pate choux in general is one of those things that has to have a tasty filling in it. It's just a vessel for something. So if you ate pate choux by itself, you would go, yeah. and that's kind of. Maybe that's why I don't like it because I did do that once and I really didn't like it. But the the only use of pate choux that makes sense is Gougères, which I learned on Thanksgiving. I can get the same results if I take cheese and, and roll it in puff pastry, then slice it into a pinwheel and, and cook it that way. And then you have a flaky, really tasty, buttery vessel for the cheese. And I, I do prefer that. Although it is, it is a good thing to have a gougere. It is a uh, gougere. It's um, essentially a cloud of cheese, just a cloud of cheese. And you almost never see them. There is someone in town who did them. And I don't remember who it was, but the place that I know I can find them is at my hotel in California in the Royce dining room where they have one of those bread baskets like you never see anymore. 
which is a basket full of interesting pastries and breads that you want to devour, get more of, and devour again so that by the time your dinner comes, you're full. 556-9696 is a number. We'll be back after these messages. Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home Cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. You make me feel so young. Yes, indeed. 
we used to have, that was in the days when uh, you lived, the office was right underneath the El Tovar Hotel kitchen. And so on a cold morning when there'd be snow outside, one of us at some point would go up the stairs into the kitchen probably four or five times a day and bring hot chocolate to everyone with whipped cream on top. It was uh, a really nice little perk of working there. Um, I, I, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I've sort of gotten off the subject and lost my, tr- oh yeah, yeah. It was a walnut cake that came, they had a, I guess it was a commissary, but a lot of the food came from one place, but the food was offered at all of the cafes, all of the restaurants. Most of them were cafeteria style. And there was this one kind of cake. It was like up until this point, I had only eaten chocolate cake. But this walnut cake, it was just a cake of walnuts and had just this tiny little hint of spice, but ever so slightly. And it was crumbly and light as a feather and absolutely exquisite. And I could have I could have done four or five of those in a day too. Fortunately they didn't have those upstairs in the kitchen at the ancient yet or I might have been shipped home. But um, that's the only time I've ever had a cake that really, like that, a cake that didn't have chocolate in it, that um, really, really floated my boat. Do you like zucchini bread, Patty? No. Okay. <laughs> and you know, what? I, you know what? I might like, like it if I tasted it, but if somebody tells uh, me it's zucchini bread, <laughs> I'm not going to try it. When do you think we have the operation? <laughs> I have no recollection of it. Um, But but the truth is that my sister-in-law, who was my sister-in-law for about 17 years, this is the one that I've talked about, who introduced our family to pecan pie. She also introduced our family to zucchini bread. And the only reason I ever put zucchini bread in my mouth was that I was looking for another epiphany like pecan pie because yeah. <laughs> I was all over the pecan pie after I tried it. And you know, zucchini bread is actually really good. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't taste like, it tastes, I don't know what it tastes like. It doesn't taste like zucchini. Yeah. I'll tell you that. It's a bread and it just happens to have zucchini in it and just happens to have a zucchini-ish look about it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't taste like carrot cake. It doesn't taste like a spice thing or anything like that. It's a highly inoffensive and pretty delicious bread. Do you like banana bread? I do. I like banana bread a lot. And somebody told me that it tastes a lot like banana bread. And I'm like, well, then I'll just eat banana bread. I don't eat zucchini. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't because bananas take over everything. Yeah. Zucchini can sort of lay low, but bananas take over everything. And there's no mistaking banana bread. Patty, I'm sitting outside, and I was talking to Mary Lee um, because we opened the Christmas tree. And we opened it near the corner where the wasps have been. Oh, no. (laughs) And she said, where are the wasps? And I looked, and they were gone. And I said, oh, my goodness, I have to tell Patty. And she said, how does 
Patty know about the wasps? And I said, because Patty has gotten off daily update on the wasps, but they were gone for a long time. Now I'm looking at them coming back. That's why I'm bringing it up because I see them flying around. So I don't know where they've been in the cold, but they're not gone. It's like they're reassembling since the weather is nice. I just thought you'd want to know that. Well, I hope they don't like move into your tree. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. <laughs> no, they won't. They won't. Um, they like their little corner. Now the tree is not right next to the corner, but they like their little corner. They're heading back to their their encampment there in the little corner. But um, yeah, I just. I mean, I had I hadn't been paying much attention to them lately, and they're gone. But apparently, they are coming back. I don't know when the weather will be sustained cold enough for them actually to go away like the guy said they would, but we shall see. Anyway, we got way off what I started to say, which was cookie day. The Christmas lights are up, the music is playing everywhere you go, and the oven is being lit. No surprise that we honor the cookie in early December. We get the name cookie from the Dutch cookie, meaning little cake, but the origins of the mighty cookie go back to the 7th century in Persia and the spread of sugar. It didn't become popular in North America for another 10 centuries. The first most popular cookie in 17th century America, gingerbread. Well, you know, in 17th century America, they were still eating that kind of food that unfortunately most of the world is plagued by, things to just eat for sustenance, you know. So they're winning these bouches in the 17th century, and hence the popularity of gingerbread. I'll bet you if you lined up 10 or 100 people and you put a plate of cookies in front of them exclusively to the person, and I'm going out on a limb, so if you, don't, if you don't follow this, then call us up. If you are presented with a plate of cookies, a sugar cookie, a shortbread cookie, a peanut butter cookie, a chocolate chip cookie, and a gingerbread cookie, I would guess to the person in 21st century America, the gingerbread cookie is going to be the last one on the plate. And and they will probably not be eaten, generally speaking. I've decided that gingerbread is best used in houses and just leave it at that. Five five six nine six nine six, what is your favorite Christmas cookie? Oh gosh. It has to be chocolate chip. I, I just good chocolate chip cookies. But you don't make those for Christmas, do you? I'm talking about like a Christmas cookie. Is it shortbread? Is it sugar? Is it Oh, you know what I really like? Have you ever had those chocolate oatmeal peanut butter cookies that you don't bake? No. Oh, God, they're delicious. Uh, It's oatmeal, uh, cocoa powder, peanut butter, and I can't remember what else is in it. You just mix it all together and you just let them cool, and you don't. They're no bake chocolate oatmeal cookies, and they're really, really good. When I met Tom, I had gotten this recipe from someone, and I wish I still had it. But I loved these cookies. They looked 
meal. They were like a, a, a meal in the morning. Yes. They were oatmeal, peanut butter, wheat germ, whole wheat flour, and chocolate chips. There was sugar in there somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and Tom used to tease me mercilessly about these cookies um, and call them tree bark because they were <laughs> not for the faint of heart. They were not for the faint of heart. And then I think early in our marriage, he shamed me out of making them, and I just quit making them. And I wish... I wish that I could find the recipe now, and I tried to do it recently, and it just wasn't the same. Now, I did try to make some changes to the recipe, like I used honey instead of white sugar, um, you know, to try and make them even, quote, healthier, but, but they definitely, they, they were missing something important. Maybe the wheat germ, I don't know, because I didn't use the wheat germ in this, but anyway, um, does anyone know? Uh, no, babe. No, no. Please don't. Um, any? I don't know if anyone knows um, this recipe that I'm referring to, but um, I, I, if you do know it, then call in. I would love to hear it. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. You're listening to the Food Show. We'd love to talk to you about food. Patty, I need you to go ahead and just go to a break. Just go ahead and go right to a break, if you would, please. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Thanksgiving weekend, state police responded to 15 fatal crashes. Troops seized area alone in southeast Louisiana last month. There were 13 deaths from fatal crashes. So they are working with several agencies, like Lafouche Parish Sheriff Craig Weber, in hopes of curbing impaired driving. It's a problem that starts with the individual who makes the decision to text, to drive, to drink, to get on the road, to use a car as a weapon, and to commit a murder. They are asking the public to call when they see an impaired driver. A legislative budget committee approved spending $23 million in federal funds to modernize aging water and sewer systems in small towns and rural parishes. House Appropriations Chair Jerome Zerang says they currently have about $300 million and they plan to approve more projects early next year. In January, we will get uh, the scoring, the final scoring of the projects, and then the Water Commission will make a recommendation probably for the remainder of the $300 million that's available. LRN. This is Insurance Commissioner Jim Donlan reminding Medicare beneficiaries that open enrollment runs October 15th through December 7th. Open enrollment is the time to assess your health care needs and compare available plans and benefits. Your Medicare plan should meet your needs and budget. Our Senior Health Insurance Information Program staff is available to answer your questions. Counselors provide free and unbiased guidance. Call us 1-800-259-5300 or log on to ldi.la.gov. My son is not some statistic. My daughter's not a headline. My girl, she's not someone's agenda. What he? What she is. Is irreplaceable. COVID hospitalizations of young people have tripled since the start of summer. So I talked to my daughter's doctor about COVID vaccines. And she said they're highly effective in preventing hospitalizations and deaths, even from the Delta variant. We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, 
Talking Biz Radio to speak in easy New Orleans style. You, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. I get misty just holding your hand. Thank you, Tom. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We're talking about cookies and, you know, the usual plethora of things that we just sort of run through and dart off in a million different directions. I used to call the food show the Yellow Brick Road, and we just didn't know where it would go, and it would just we'd follow it wherever it led. So we started talking about Christmas cookies and the fact that most people... And I'm just saying, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Most people are not down for gingerbread, and it is a lovely representation of Christmas, but isn't a nicely decorated sugar cookie also a representation of a Christmas of Christmas and a lot tastier, I would say. Five five six nine six nine six. If you're a fan of gingerbread, give us a call. I would like to hear about that. I've decided that gingerbread is best left into really ornate. Uh, houses, as you often see them usually in hotel restaurants or hotel lobbies. Five five six nine six nine six. We have Nicole Dordnack coming up at three o'clock, as we always do. I'm a little surprised by that, actually, because to say that she has been busy the last couple of weeks uh, does not quite cover it. I uh, was not surprised to hear Andrea joke about getting promoted to dishwasher which is a sentiment that I have heard over the last two years frequently by just about every restaurateur that comes to visit us at the table. And Nicole has been in the kitchen for the last couple of weeks, actually, cooking. I think she was there till maybe 3.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving morning. So um, I'm happy that she is able to actually visit us at all today. Five five six nine six nine six. We went back to Habanero for lunch, and uh, I, I've now got a new a new thing that I can stick with instead of trying different things on the menu. I'm going to stick with my uh, jalapeno ranch dressing on a salad that's kind of like a Mexican cob. It had it had different things on it today than it had the last time. It had like cob style cheese instead of um, what is it, fresca that they call the Mexican cheese? It had a cob, like a Swiss cheese, um, which was sort of odd to see on it. And I had grilled chicken, and it is really good. It's got the beans and the corn, which makes it authentically, or maybe not authentically, but authentically American-Mexican. Um, and it was good. It was really good. We have... Uh, we, we dragged Tom out outside. Tom has done more alfresco dining in the last two years than he's done in the entirety of his life. And uh, that's because we, we make him go get some vitamin D. And there's not too many places on the North Shore to begin with, and then not too many of them with outdoor dining. So 
kind of really limits us. So we, we do a lot, we do an awful lot of Mexican dining over here. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. I want to, want to get into Christmas gifts for, like Christmas gifts of food. And if you do a food gift, I would like to hear about it because people like food gifts. Do you do that, Patty? We do. do we do, do it to our friends, uh, for our friends that don't live in New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. We do. We send candy or um, like pralines and stuff. And this year oh. I'm going to do some of that uh, crawfish shaped pasta. And ah, yeah. uh, and I think I might also send him a fruitcake after talking to uh, Greg <laughs> yesterday. Oh, I didn't go to get the fruitcake. Did you Did you get one? No, not yet. But yeah, uh, I have to get one. You can go Is to their website. Yesterday, call us. What? Yeah, you can go to their website and order it, and and the price includes shipping. So I may just do that. Well, I'm going to go to the supermarket because, like I said, I go for fun and. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I will just pick one up there. Uh, I mean, if they're there, I mean, if he made it sound like it's really he tough. He did. Like, you know, you might have to so. <laughs> put on your uh, your fighting shoes to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that confidence. I really do. Anyway, I do want to try it. I mean, I, I, I'm going to get one for Tom. That's something that, you know, that's something that really surprised me that he didn't like. Because a fruitcake something that I would expect that Tom would like because he you know he doesn't really like chocolate very much and he does like really sweet things so I thought some candied fruit would be something that he would really like but generally speaking he did not like fruit cake of any kind until he tasted that baker made one so I do want to I definitely do want to try it and see if he if he likes it he's been drinking eggnog and um Mary Lee had a really interesting idea. As we were watching him eat his flan today, she thought, what if we made a flan out of eggnog? Do you, do you drink eggnog, Patty? I do. I really love eggnog. What is it? There's a little, well, you put your own spice in it, right? What is eggnog? I mean, is it, it's a, a liquid custard, but yeah. what flavor is it? Well, I usually put, I like like to put nutmeg on top of it, and you can also add a little rum to it, and that Mm -hmm. is really good. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my go-to. Yeah. Do you do a lot of it at holiday time? Not a whole lot, but I I try to, you know, like I'll go, next time I go to the store, if I see it, I'll buy, I'll buy some and keep it in the refrigerator and like drink a cup of it warmed at night or something, you know? Uh-huh. And well, then I we won't think some. of it again for another year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think there are people who are really committed to eggnog as part of their Christmas experience. And um, I don't know why. That was another one of those things we never did in my house of origin. So I don't have a particular association with it. But I know that Tom likes it. In fact, I might get him a glass of it during the next break. That's Tom counting up the stuff. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six, eight. Enjoyed your walk? Did you enjoy your walk? Good. So we did, uh, when the kids were little, I gave Mary Lee a 
cake decorating kit. It wasn't cake decorating, it was a cookie decorating kit. I think it was from Williams-Sonoma, and it was this really elaborate thing. And for many years, one of the things that we did was to bake Christmas cookies. We had all the holiday cookie cutters, and we had, you know, the, the exact right decorations. And so it was quite a procedure to do the Christmas cookies. And they, you know, they didn't last too long, but they lasted long enough because you really kind of didn't want to eat them. They were so pretty. And in fact, I think I did sort of shellac some of them and keep them because they were just, I just didn't want to cut into them, uh, which is kind of a problem with Mary Lee's. <laughs> with Mary Lee's baked goods, nobody wants to cut into them. But um, we haven't done that in a long time. And now the poor sad cookie uh, kit, I think, has, you know, gotten too old. And so now we have to, should we do decide to do something like that, we'll probably have to replace some items in it. The Evolutionary Word today is brought to you by Dorignex, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. The Edible Dictionary Word is Bush de Noel. It is a Yule log in English. It's a cake made to resemble a log ready for the fireplace. It's made with sponge cake, spread with buttercream frosting, then rolled up. It's covered with a light chocolate frosting spread to resemble tree bark, then sprinkled with powdered sugar to represent fallen snow. A really well-made Bush de Noel will have a small cut-off branch, maybe made the same way, sticking out of it, and marzipan decorations that resemble mushrooms or lichen. It's more impressive to see than to eat, but it is an essential dessert in some places for the holidays. Do you eat those, Patty? I don't think I've ever had those. You've seen it, though, haven't you? I've seen them, yeah. I I don't think I've ever tasted one. I don't know where you would have seen them, because they're not really that prevalent. Um, I'll bet you in certain bakeries. I'll have to ask Jean-Luc. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Jean-Luc, because, you know, um, well, you know, Tom used to have a lot of people that brought stuff up to the studio. And uh, it seems to me that somebody brought some up one time. Jean Luc brought those. No, I didn't try it. Jean Luc used to bring those fabulous king cakes. If you're not right there when it arrives, oh, that's right. You you know, (laughs) sometimes Tom would come and get me and let me know things were in there. Oh yeah, that was nice. Yes, it was. was He took care of me. He did. Well, good. Um, I I don't know. I think I think I remember that. And maybe I tried it then, but it didn't make enough of an impression for me to say, oh, I, you know, I, I like this or I don't like it. I like the idea of it. I mean, I think it's a cool idea. But sponge cake is not really, um, it's like angel food cake. It's too, I don't know, light. I do like pound cake, though. I'm actually thinking of, of making something like pound cake since I was talking about lamingtons yesterday. Words to eat by today. A hen is only an egg's way of making another egg. Sometimes <laughs> these just really fall. <laughs> they just fall, fall flat. That's, that's an English writer born in 1835. That's something that you would expect to hear in, say, you know, 1888. You know, that's kind yeah. of, you know, words of wisdom for the um, late... 
19th century, I guess. What's to drink by today? A cup of coffee, real coffee, home browned, home ground, homemade, that comes to you dark as a hazel eye, but changes to a golden bronze as you temper it with cream that never cheated, but was real cream from its birth, thick, tenderly yellow, perfectly sweet, neither lumpy nor frothing on the java. Such a cup of coffee is a match for 20 blue devils and will exercise them all. (laughs) You know, there are clearly some people as passionate about food and drink as Tom. That was quite something. That was from Henry Ward Beecher. And uh, I'm guessing that means that he really likes his coffee, probably at least as much as Tom does. But I never heard Tom wax quite that enthusiastically about even a cup of coffee. 556-9696 is another. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back after these messages. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno pino and cheddar double d sausage in stores all over town i won't dance don't ask me i won't dance don't ask me i won't dance madame with you thank you tom the first burger king opened today in miami florida in 1954 James McLemore and David Edgerton, both graduates of Cornell University's well-known School of Restaurant and Hotel Management, were inspired by the original McDonald's in California and worked up their own version of it. It grew quickly through franchising to become the second biggest hamburger chain in the world, which it remains today. The first Burger King in the New Orleans area opened in 1965 on Airline Highway near Turnbull. It's still there. Is it still there? I'm trying to think of where that would be. Yeah, it is still there. I think it, it is, is. yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was the first one. I think the first McDonald's was actually near my house out in Kenner. If, and I wish Tom was around to, I mean, I wish Tom could validate this, but I believe I heard him say that at one time, that... I think the first McDonald's was actually a couple of blocks from my house. I do remember the first time I ever had McDonald's. Do you remember the first time you had it? No, I don't. But you know, I remember Burger King more because they used to have those crinkle-cut French fries. So you liked Burger King? I liked Burger King McDonald's? better than McDonald's, yeah. Now, is that something that holds true still today? No. <laughs> I, don't well, I, don't really, like. I, I mean, I don't go out of my way for either one, but they're open yeah. late. And, and, like, there's one on yeah. Canal Street that's right next door to each other. 
And mm-hmm. if they're both open, I will go to the McDonald's just because I like the fries better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's funny that we're talking about this because I was across the lake the other day and was doing some business, and then it came to be showtime, and I really didn't have time to sit down as I had planned to and have, like, a lunch with table service and all that. And so I was looking for something satisfactory that I could pick up and grab. We really that here. We don't have street food. Like you could walk around some European city and, you know, there's some hole in the wall and you pull up to it and drop a couple of dollars and walk on eating street food, which I think is really a kind of a great thing, you know, but we, we don't have that. We don't have that at all. I wish that there was something, I guess it's because we don't really walk here. We just drive. So hence the drive through, but we have such well entrenched drive throughs that, you know, I guess you can't really tap into that market. I think we have the food truck people coming on Friday, right? That's right. There's a big food yeah. truck festival Saturday. Yeah. So that's, I guess, our version of street food. Do you yeah. remember the old Mrs. Wheat's? Oh, yeah. I love, I love Mrs. Wheat's pies. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was short-lived, and I don't, I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand why. Maybe it was just too weird at that time for people to drive through just to get a meat pie, but they also had those delicious curly Q fries. Do you remember those? They were Oh yeah, those were delicious. Yeah, they were so good. And I I just I thought that had such promise and then it was gone. And now it's been replaced by I think what the the Panda Express or something. Yes. Yeah. Too bad. It's too bad. There was only one location and nobody did make it beyond that. And I would love to be able to drive through for a Mrs. Sweets pie. They do have um, the Natchitoches meat pies um, in Rouse's now. Did you see that? I did see those. I've been kind of wanting to try it, but I never did. Yeah. Did you try them yet? Yeah, I have. You know, they're great. I mean, it's how far wrong can you go with a meat pie (laughs) and pie? I mean, it's pretty good. It's like... It's like a meat snack wrapped in dough, you know. I mean, anything wrapped in dough, it's hard to go wrong with it. And uh, I don't think they're, I don't think they're fried. I think they're baked. And they yeah, I think they are. In the deli, and it's it's good. But I mean, I baked baked are good too. You know, I'll take baked. I'll take baked. Actually, I, I feel less guilty about baked, but but yeah, they're good. I tell you what, when I was in California, and I found that place known as empanadas and there were just there were just uh i don't know it seemed like a hundred different versions just stacked up in a you know in a glass case and you could just look look them in the eye and it was just like <laughs> dropping into heaven they were 5.98 which was reasonable for a, a meal i mean you could have made a meal out of those but um that was just great i wish we'd wish we'd get one of those here i would definitely swing by and get that Anybody know of any place that's serving some kind of quick street food? 
Uh, if you know someplace like that, I, I would be interested in hearing about it. Five five six nine six nine six. I was going to swing into Atomic Burger before I moved on to Larder, and uh, I would consider that kind of along the same. Well, it's it's fast food. It is definitely fast food, but it's good quality fast food. I mean, that burger is grass fed. The fries are fresh cut. I mean, it's it's a good standard there, I and mean, they're not expanding very fast, probably because they really go for quality. And, you know, quality is something to be um, is something to be revered, and there are very few people that are doing that now, and that's a pity. Yeah, you know, but I think I, with the prices going up, more people are going toward quality because, I mean, if you're going to pay for it, it might as well be good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just wonder how long we go on this trajectory because there's a whole lot of stuff that people are fighting that's for darn sure but that's not what the show's about no we just talk about how it tastes and that's what we're going to stick to also this weekend is pot pie day i love pot pies do you like pot pies no not really i'm not crazy about no. pot pies oh, no this would be one where we would have to yeah. have a sound effect going, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> now, Bob really? loves, my husband loves pot pies. Now, that really shocks me. What is it about pot pie that you don't like? Uh, a pie needs to be a fruit pie to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not into savory pies. But you, no. were just, you were just excited about the well, hand uh, pies. But those are different. Pie. A pot pie looks like a pie, you know? It's like a, like... Okay. It's got the bottom so crust and the top crust. Thinking, when I cut into this sucker, it's going to be filled with sweetness yes. and fruit. And you get mad when it's... when it Chicken and vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get it. All right. Well, I don't know if you did this, but my family certainly did this. In the era of the frozen dinners, there was also... Who was doing the frozen pot pies? Is that, was that bird by too? I don't know. I don't know. I think it might have been Banquet, huh? The you think same, it was who? The banquet, the same people that did the banquet TV did dinners? The, the frozen pot pies by themselves? I think so. And Marie oh. Callender does them now. Oh, Marie Callender, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Marie Callender is actually a brick and mortar in Los Angeles. Really? A number of locations, but there were lots more locations when they deviated into the frozen food world. And I'm sure that the frozen food world is much less trouble for them and much more of a return on their dollar. And so the actual brick and mortars in Los Angeles are there just for atmosphere. But anyway, um, the uh, they're good. I mean, they're good home cooking kind of things. I haven't been to one in years, but every time I see it, when I pass by them, I go, you know, I've got to go in there and check in and see what it's like. But then I never do. Because um, I have other places that I would prefer to go to that are more 21st century. But um, we, used to, we used to get a lot of pot pies when I was growing up, frozen pot pies. And then, of course, you know, like the Terry's roast beef. Did you, did you do the Terry's roast beef pie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Did you find that that over the years it became Terry's roast beef gravy yes. rather than Terry's <laughs> more gravy and less roast? We used yeah. to, you know, warm them up and then pour them over sliced bread. Yeah. They're like open face yeah. roast beefs. 
Yeah, but but it it really was kind of like just gravy at a certain point. Yeah, it was like two pieces you know, of meat. It, def- it was it was definitely you could see their brains working and out of roast beef mm-hmm. over the years. And I, I we did eventually get tired of it. I don't know how long it took, but I, I know that it was longer than I thought it should have taken. Let's put it that way. But. Um, I wonder what that product is like now, if it's still around. I haven't looked for it. I don't know. I haven't looked for it either. Yeah. Anyway, the I love pot pies. I love, love, love pot pies. It's really hard to find a pot pie that you would want to eat because they're incredibly labor-intensive. You said Bob likes them. Do you make pot pie for Bob, or do you buy them frozen? Oh, no, I buy them frozen. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you... Is he is he still eating those individual pot pies like we were talking about? Every now and then, I'll I'll when I buy them just to have. But, what do those uh, look like now? The there... Marie calendars are they, they look pretty good, and he likes them. They're you know they're yeah. they're like one person serving, and the crust yeah, is real right. flaky. And so um, chicken in it. I mean, it's not like just sauce. No, they're pretty good. Good. Mm-hmm. Kentucky Fried Chicken sells a pot pie too. Who does? Kentucky Fried Chicken. Is it a pot pie? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Does Bob like it? Uh, I don't know if we've ever had it. Uh, we may have, but they look really good on their pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we don't have, in, in New Orleans, we don't have very many Kentucky Fried Chickens. you got to drive, and so it's not. You do. Yeah. To Chalmette, in fact. I don't know where the other ones are. Uh, I think the West Bank and Chalmette? On the West Bank and on Williams Boulevard. Oh, they still have that one? They still have the one on Williams. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Well, I might do that the next time I'm out uh, across the lake. I may swing in there. If I'd known that, I might have done that instead of the last thing. No, no, I wanted to go to Ground Patty, and I'm glad I did. But I was out, I, I mean, I grew up there, but I'm only out there if I need to go bring my car in or something. But next time I'll remember that because there were many, many um, Kentucky Fried Chicken meals that came from that particular location. I'm glad that they're still there. Well, have they teamed up with Long John Silvers in that location too? Uh, Seems like it's a dual It's operation. a dual, yeah. I'm not sure. It might be Long John Silvers. I don't no, know. No, I think... I, I think it's possible there. that it's still Kentucky Fried Chicken. Although, oh, it is Kentucky Fried Chicken and something else. It might be... Okay, it's Long John Silver. Yeah. It's Long John Silver. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's a good That's a good thing to remember. I thought if I ever wanted to get Kentucky Fried Chicken, because I like Kentucky Fried Chicken. I like their um, original recipe. Mm. What is it? Pressure-cooked chicken. Yeah. And every now and then, I really, I really do like it. Um I don't really care for Chick-fil-A. It's too sweet. But uh, Chalmette the last place I saw Kentucky Fried mm-hmm. Chicken. And we drove all the way out to Chalmette thinking that was the only place, and I'd completely forgotten about the one in Kenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still there. If you live in Kenner, uh, before I go into Kenner, would you make sure that you know that there is actually that KFC on, on 24th at... Um, no, I think 24th is because uh, I, I literally grew up five blocks from there. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for us for this hour. We're coming up on the news from Louisiana Radio Network. We have Nicole Dorgnack with us, who uh, has been a 
busy lately, and I'm sure uh, is going to continue to be quite busy throughout the holiday season. But she is taking the time to talk to us today, and we are grateful for that. So we always look forward to hearing from her. She will be on at 3 o'clock, as always. This is WGSO New Orleans. It is 3 o'clock. Time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says her chamber will move to avoid a government shutdown later today by passing a budget extension to mid-February. Pelosi telling reporters the measure will be immediately sent to the Senate. We all have a responsibility to make sure that the government functions. I don't think that the Republicans and the Senate want to shut down government. A bill must be passed by both the House and the Senate by fr- <clears throat> a bill must be passed by both the House and Senate by Friday to avoid a partial shutdown. Today is the fourth day in the trial of former Empire star Jussie Smollett. Another key witness is expected to take the stand today. Yesterday, a witness testified that Smollett asked him to fake beat him up in Chicago in 2019 and requested he say MAGA during the staged homophobic and racist attack. USA Radio News. For over 20 years, Extendivite has been helping people. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. Glad I found this product. I am 51 years old and started getting headaches a couple of times a week. I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was a little high at around 150 over 95. I found out about Extendivite and I ordered some to try it. Immediately I felt better and it lowered my blood pressure and my headaches went away almost instant. I have been taking it now for about four months and I am so glad I found this product. You won't be disappointed. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. With cases of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 now in the United States, President Biden is at the National Institutes of Health to discuss his COVID-19 strategy for the winter. The president says he will continue to ship vaccines all around the world and increased restrictions for people coming into the United States. We're going to accelerate our efforts to vaccinate the rest of the world and strengthen the, uh, strengthen the international travel rules for people coming to the United States. Leading oil producers say they will continue with plans to increase supply in January despite a recent plunge in global oil prices. The agreement was reached at a meeting of the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries and Key Allies, which include both Russia and Saudi Arabia. Analysts are expecting OPEC to pause the output increase of 400,000 barrels each day starting early next year. You're listening to USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Israel is home to the most expensive city in the world. A report in the Economist Intelligence says Tel Aviv has earned that title. 
It stood at fifth last year, but the most recent worldwide cost of living puts it in the top spot. Paris and Singapore were tied for second. New York is the most expensive place to live in the United States, but it only stands in the sixth spot compared to cities around the world. Los Angeles checks in at number nine. Really nice, spring-like, but rather decent, mid-70s over the next several days. Areas of fog could return tonight in patches. Sunshine to partly cloudy the rest of the day to the middle of the 70s. Overnight low, lower to upper 50s with the morning fog. It'll become partly sunny again through the day to low to mid-70s tomorrow. Sunshine to partly cloudy Saturday and Sunday, mid-70s each day over the weekend. Monday morning, scattered showers about the area, followed by cooler weather late Monday into Tuesday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's the annual West End Christmas Boat Parade at New Orleans Lakefront. Beautifully illuminated yachts with Christmas themes and costume crew. Oh. Santa, Mrs. Claus, and the elves with light displays and Christmas music all leading the way. Other nautical artists usually join the festivities. Best viewing areas include Lakeshore Drive, Seawall to Canal Boulevard. The annual West End Christmas Boat Parade, 530, Saturday, December 11th at New Orleans Lakefront. for you to do that this afternoon. First, though, we're talking to Nicole Dorgnack, who I believe is on. Is she with us right now, Patty? No, she's not. Not yet. Oh, she's not. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we do not have Nicole yet. I, I, she may have, she may have fallen asleep because she's been working pretty <laughs> working much. Working till 24, 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. She might have just had the phone and just kind of keeled over and has fallen asleep, but we will check on her if we don't hear from her shortly. Anyway, Christmas food gifts. I like to, uh, in, in traveling in Europe, I've discovered a lot of really, really gourmet, long-standing houses for fill-in-the-blank. And there's one that I'm really interested in, and I don't think they deliver to the States, but I want to investigate this because they have, um, they have a, a biscuit company that is located just steps from the uh, Grand Place in Brussels, and it's called Maison Dandoy. And um, I just actually came out of a side street and just walked right up to it. And I, I've been fascinated by ever it, by it ever since they have a lot of different biscuits. They've been around for over a hundred years. And anyway, they have this thing called a speculus, which is kind of their signature cookie. And I don't even understand what that is, but um, they make it in the shape of St. Nicholas for Nicholas, as they call it over there. 
because Nicholas is a big deal over there. And so um, they have a special Nicholas speculus. And, um, and I was going to order some for my grandkids, but first of all, they don't deliver that I know of to the States yet. I want to check and make sure that's still true. But my son, I was telling him I wanted to get the kids some Nicholas for Nicholas. And he goes, Mom, look, just go buy some cookies. <laughs> they, don't need, they don't need those special European things. And I said, well, you know, they are special, though. But those are the kinds of things that I'm, I'm thinking about for, for Christmas. Have you found some really unique food item I mean, pralines obviously are great from New Orleans because, you know, you get them in New Orleans. So that's a perfect thing. When your friends, Patty, sends you a Chicago pizza from Chicago, even though you don't like it. <laughs> Do they know you don't like it? Do they know you don't like it? Yeah, well, they know, you know, it's not like our favorite. But, uh-huh. I, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> you know, we'll eat it and think about our friends from Chicago. That's that's the important thing, you know. You it is. brings up the memories of your friends. But I imagine that there are other things. Like, I don't know anything about Chicago. Um, and I would imagine that there are other food things associated with Chicago other than their silly deep dish pizza that they could send that makes you think of them. So you said, do, do you send them the Pauline? Yeah. Uh, my favorite candy store down in the French Quarter is Southern Candy Makers, and their Pralines are fabulous. And we introduced our friends to Southern Candy Makers about four years ago when they were down here. And ever since then, like our friend orders candy from Southern Candy Makers to give out in Chicago to give to people because it's just so good but you know the thing about the pizza is that's just what they're so they're so proud of the pizza they are so proud of it you know for some yeah it's like oh my god this is the best thing ever and it might be in chicago (laughs) well it's good to have that you know city pride i think to feel really good about something that you have that's unique and uh and no one else has it right so um yeah, so you, Southern Candy Makers, is that, um, where is that? It's on, uh, they have two stores. One of them is right where Decatur and South Peters splits. There's that little triangle. It's, it's, um, right, yeah, behind, yeah. yeah, right there. It's on that little triangle. And then they have another one a little closer up in the French market. And during the summer, they actually open up. Southern Candy Makers in Martha's Vineyard, and they make pralines up there at Martha's Vineyard. So how old is the company? I mean, I know that, that, you know, there are these companies that you don't really know are really old, and then you find out, oh, they're over 100 years old. Is it an old company? It it opened uh, in, I think, 1993, and the, the thing about this place is they make all the candy right there. You can watch them make it. But at the end of the day, any pralines that are left over, they throw back into the pot and melt them down and add more ingredients and make new ones. So they're fresh every day. You're not going to buy a praline that was made yesterday. Uh-huh. And they're just oh, are really good. People? Are they, are they local? They're local. They just... uh, it was actually started 
by a Tulane professor and his son and his son's best friend. And now the professor is out of it, and his son and his son's best friend are running the business. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to get them on. You can talk to them about it. Yeah. The pralines sure. are just are, are fabulous. Now, what makes them extremely good? I'm not a praline fan to begin with, so you're going to be selling me on something that I, you know, I'm not necessarily all that yeah. high on to begin with. What is it? <laughs> the, only, the only praline that I've ever thought was exceptionally good is Paul Prudhomme's pralines, and it was because he had cream in them as well. That's that's what these are. They're creamy. They're made with uh-huh. cream and real butter and okay. lots and lots of praline halves. Like it's not chopped pralines. It's uh-huh. you can see the I mean not pecans. You can see uh-huh. the the half pecan in there, the whole piece of a nut. And they make all they make the chocolate ones are I promise you you would love the chocolate ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, Pralines, generally speaking, are much too sweet for me, but I have I, I have eaten them on occasion and thought, well, you know, these aren't so bad, but if these are kind of like the ones I was referring to with the cream aspect. Yes, they bit, are. They are. But I feel like the cream kind of cuts down on the sugar a little bit. I think it does. And, and yeah, because those, those ones without the cream, you can almost see through them, you know? It's right. just, That's yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, these are... And they're, like they're just like solid sugar, whereas the yeah. cream I feel sort of offsets that sugary sugar sweetness. And uh, and that's why I liked Paul. Mm-hmm. Probably better. But I'll try these, because these do sound like, like them. they... I mean, it's not like I need to develop a taste for Pauline. <laughs> I mean, I really don't need to. But... Um, but I could see that if it's a superior one, that I might be a little more interested in it than generally speaking. So you send them pralines, and that's you. I send them pralines, and usually I, uh, I've i sent them all of Tom's cookbooks. And, uh, I, and I go and find, like I've sent them Chef Kevin's cookbook, and I try mm-hmm. to find one that... Uh, you know, that represents New Orleans cooking and sent, because they do, our, our friend loves to make gumbo for people. And mm-hmm. I mean, he, he told me last time he made it, that it was obscene how much he had to pay for gumbo crabs in Chicago. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so I like um, to send them recipes cause they do, they both like to cook. And so I like uh-huh. to send them cookbooks. Now, did you meet them down here or up there? or what, No, we met the them connection? through um, Bob Mitchell, our friend, mm-hmm. is a diver. And uh, he met our friend from Chicago. He's a doctor from Chicago. And they met on a dive trip. And then yeah. he came down here one one weekend in New Orleans. And you know how New Orleans people are. I mean, we love to yeah. take you everywhere. So we took them. Yeah. Everywhere, and they just fell in love with the city. And now he comes back every year for Jazz Fest, and uh, he's he's and and we all we do is eat while he's here <laughs> at really fine restaurant. Like when when they leave, we're like, God, I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> we can't eat like this anymore. You oh, know? But we spend four days eating out in the most fabulous restaurants in the city, and we like taking yeah. them places like when we find places we like take it like we're definitely taking them to Trinas next time they come uh-huh. here 
because um, love it. Yeah, they'll love it. And that that's St. John and St. John's. John's. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And if you either, know, either um, of those have cookbooks, I'll send. Uh, you know, we'll send them a cookbook from it. I don't know if you know, Cook has a cookbook. He might. He might have one for Gregory. Definitely not for St. John. Yeah, because it's too new. Um. Anyway, uh, that is what we do here, and depending on your affinity for the actual exercise of food consumption, it can be either a blessing or a curse. Like I have a brother-in-law who, whenever he comes here, he's here for a day or so, and he's just up in arms about all the eating that is required. <laughs> he, he really is a big eater, you know? And he said, I mean, how do you do it? It's just unbelievable how much food is consumed here. And I said, yeah, I know. That's just kind of what we do. Anyway, yeah, it is. it's what's nice to hang out with people who appreciate that. Mm-hmm. 556-9696 is the number. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. And wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. When you're awake. The things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. Yes, indeed. I decided to not text Nicole. I thought maybe she really did fall asleep, and I didn't <laughs> want to pick her up. So I decided, I started, I started texting her, nah, I'm just going to let her sleep if she is sleeping, because I kind of feel like she is. So uh, if she does wake up, she will call in, and we will talk to Nicole. Otherwise, we will talk to Nicole next week. Five five six nine six nine six is a number, but we will do another Audible Dictionary word brought to you by Dorig Nax. The Audible Dictionary word is quiche. I love quiche. You do like quiche, don't you, Patty? No. There's another uh, thing we don't like. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This is two-in-one show. Two-in-one show. Like, I know. It's like the planets are, are getting out of alignment. <laughs> now, how could you not like it? Well, again, it's a pie that doesn't have sweet stuff in it. Right. There you go. Okay. We know to stay away from pies for They are filled with sweet stuff. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, quiche is, in my opinion, just almost the perfect food. It's got... It's got a pie crust, which I love. It's got cheese, which I can't live without, and other kinds of fillings. There is, in my opinion, though, a quiche that is not as desirable as another kind of quiche. If you are a soft egg person 
like you like eggs to be fluffy and soft, then, well, don't don't eat a quiche I because I like eggs to be not fluffy. I like them to be cooked and not fluffy. We we got a quiche in hey, LA and and uh it had this gorgeous look to it. And then when I ate it it had that soft filling. And a soft filling is okay if there's a little bit of it, but if it's a really tall quiche and most of it is that really soft filling that's definitely not appealing to me. But anyway, I will say what Tom has heard about is beaten eggs poured into a pastry shell and baked, usually with an assortment of other ingredients interspersed with the eggs. The additives can be just about anything. The most famous quiche named for the province of Lorraine in France contained contains chopped and crisp bacon, gruyere cheese, and green onions. A well-made quiche would be very light and somewhat custardy in texture, different from that of an omelet, and have the perfect balance of other ingredients. It's usually served just barely warm, never hot. Because of the success of Bruce Fierstein's 1982 book, Real Men Don't Eat Quiche, the dish has taken on an undeserved reputation as food for wimps and sissies. That is definitely no longer true. Many men can't bring themselves to order quiche. Is that true? If you're a guy, call me if you can't order quiche. Women don't have this problem. They can enjoy quiche for supper. I love it with a frisee salad, a vinaigrette, like a French vinaigrette and a frisee salad right next to it. You could real, I could really eat a lot of quiche that way. Five six nine six nine six is the number. Michael seventy five is here. I hear. Hello. Hello there. Hey. Hey. Uh, I'm a. I think I'm a guy, and I love quiche, especially quiche Lorraine. Well, yeah, you would. You definitely would. Quiche Lorraine. That's part of your francophile thing. Yeah, I can say that for sure. And speaking of meat pies, the great. Uh, Williams Boulevard Corridor has a place I've talked about before, uh, the best bakery I've ever been to, Enormous. They make the most beautiful empanadas you, you, you can taste. Wait, where is that, Michael? Because when I go out to have a little eating festival with uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I'm going to swing in there. Where is that? It's uh, on Georgia. It's right uh, across uh, Williams. Okay, if you're coming from the... Um, North Shore, you, you get on the interstate, you take a right at Williams Boulevard, and then you go to, uh, third, I think it's 30th or 31st, there's a red light there, and you take a right there, and it's right, uh, one block right to your left. It's on Georgia Street, Norma, N-O-R-M-A. Norma's, okay. All right, yeah, I'm right. going to definitely yeah. check it out. Right. They, and they also have, they have the best rice pudding, the best flan. Uh, it's, it's a fabulous place, but uh, so it's like a, it's like a Mexican bakery. Is it, it's like a Mexican bakery. Well, you could call it that. This is not only a bakery; it's got it's a whole uh, uh, mercado. They call it. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, you can buy, yeah. and they have. Um, uh, you might have to queue up a little bit because a lot of people go there occasionally. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the, George's, the Mexican restaurant? Was it George's? What was the Mexican restaurant that was right there? Um, uh, I, I don't know if it was... Uh, my, no, my office is, is about I a block. it might have been El Patio. 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, you weren't there then? Okay. Okay. Anybody um, remember that Mexican restaurant? It was a really good one. It was right there. It's like across from Lamarck Ford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay. Right. Uh, when I was growing up in the 50s, we had this great drive-in in Baton Rouge called Alessi's, and it had the best curly Q fries ever made. Mm. Is it gone? I can't. I can't, yeah, it's gone. Been gone, but I can't believe that never made a comeback. That, that is the best French fry you can make. I know. I mean, I, I, if I had to put money on a drive-through that I thought could do really well, it's one serving meat pies and curly two fries. That's pretty good. Exactly. Stuff. Well, and you have to have the young girls on roller skates with the skimpy outfits on. <laughs> I don't need that, but I really would love to have some delicious curly Q fries. I guess I'll have to make yeah. them myself. And, 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 uh, I know. You know what? In Baton Rouge, right near there, was the, uh, it was on Florida Street, uh, the original Hoppers. Uh, you, do you know about Hoppers? Hoppers? No. Yeah, Hoppers was uh, one of these great... Uh, 50s places and expanded to New Orleans. I think it was big over here too later. I but, know uh, about Hoppers, Michael. Hoppers was cool right. in that? Baton Rouge. Well, right. I went to LSU and, and when I went to LSU, Hoppers was the place to go. It was like right. Sonic. It was like Sonic. Uh, on the weekend, huh. you would drive your, uh, your uh, uh, chromed out uh, customized car uh, through the Hoppers parking lot. Uh, they, I think the movie American Graffiti uh, epitomized that. Uh-huh. Well, this must be before my time. I don't remember. Yeah, this is in, uh, let's see, it'll be late 50s. But um, anyway, I wanted to know where that food truck festival is because on Saturday we're going to Stein's, and right after Stein's we want to go to the food truck festival. Where is that located? Is it going to be this weekend, Patty? Yeah, or it's Saturday. It's Saturday in oh. Slidell. It's it's in the, that Harbor Center. In, in, in that Harbor Center in Slidell? Okay, uh, do you have to get off the, when you get on the interstate, do you have to turn somewhere? No, I think you get off at Oak Harbor. Oh, Oak Harbor, okay, yeah. Oak Harbor yeah. exit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great, I'm gonna, we're going to double dip on Saturday then. Yeah, listen tomorrow, <laughs> I'm sure they'll, they'll, um, they're going to be on and they're going to have all that information. Oh, great, yeah. okay, sounds nice. good, y'all have a good day. All right, take care, Michael. That's right, we've gone through another week. Life actually. Um, back to quiche. I went through a quiche phase, and if I do say so myself, they were pretty great little quiches. And I used, and I don't even know where I got these aluminum foil dishes. I guess from maybe something else, and I just saved them. And then I would take these. You know, I would take a. I, I don't have a problem making pie crust. I don't like making pie crust, but I always did make pie crust, and it came out great. And that's what I did. So I would make these little quiches, not like the frozen kind. These are bigger than those. They're like the size of a volavant. And I had a basic cream and egg base is what it was. And then I had rows of shells, and in them would be maybe bacon and caramelized onion 
and maybe broccoli and um, mushrooms and another different kinds of cheeses, and I had different kinds of things, and I filled all of those, and I just poured the base mixture of the cream and the eggs over it, and then I baked them all, and we just had just this assortment of quiches. We did those for parties sometimes, and they were just really great, because they weren't that thick. They weren't deep. They were just, you know, there was barely and covering to cover the mushrooms and the cheese. And and then, of course, the, the pie crust was very flaky, and it was a very nice bite of food. And, uh, you know, it goes along with those days when we did a lot of um, entertaining that we don't do anymore, but um, that was some of, some of our better offerings to our guests out here at the Cool Water Ranch. 5569696, back to pot pies. I we didn't finish talking what Tom says about pot pies and I, I will go I don't know if I have time to, Yeah I do. I do. The cold weather has settled in there's something inherently warming about a pot pie, both in the thought and the eating of it. Second, we still have a lot of turkey to get rid of from Thanksgiving, especially the dark meat with with its bigger flavor and chunkier pieces tend to be perfect for pot pie. They've gone out of vogue, and Tom thinks he knows why. The pastry used for them is too firm and yucky, and the filling doesn't have enough zing. It just sits there in a starchy sauce, thickened with too much flour and potatoes and without enough chunks of meat and vegetables. The solution, Tom thinks, is to use a fluffier pastry than the dense pie crust usually found and make them smaller. We ought to use more seasonal vegetables and things that go with pepper, like beef and oysters together. Carrots, Brussels sprouts, mushrooms, you'll go a long time between sightings of pot pies in restaurants. doesn't seem like restaurant food to most people, except perhaps in rural areas where home-style cooking is all they know. Even there, the chains have killed so many old cafes, there aren't many left to make pot pies. Reclaim them by making one or two this week. That's what I think. I'm not going to, but that's what I think. We'll be back. It's uh, 3.30, time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Louisiana Radio Network News, I'm Kevin Gallagher. Oil prices have been dropping of late. Does that mean we'll see a drop in gas prices anytime soon? AAA's Nick Chabaria says despite crude small retreat, that's still a tough prediction to make. We know that, that crude oil prices make up about 50 to 60% of what drivers pay at their local gas station. But it's, it's kind of early to tell if this is going to translate to savings for drivers. Oil down $15 a barrel since last week. Statewide average price for regular, $3.10, down $0.02 cents in the week. It's no secret Thanksgiving weekend was a deadly one on Louisiana highways. State police are working with parish sheriffs like Lafouche Parish's Craig Weber to curb impaired driving, but he says they also need your help if you see one. Then don't hesitate to call. Don't just hope that the person makes it home safely. Please report that information so that we can try to intervene. More than half Louisiana's fatal crashes involve impaired and or distracted drivers. This is news on LRN. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
and use code LA Sports when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LA Sports to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP-7867. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. After 84 weeks of free live stream music shows, FunkyUncle.Live has moved our shows to The Howling Wolf so we can bring the funk to you every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We're selling tickets at the door and on our website for only 10 bucks, and tickets are half off at the door with a valid student ID. And don't worry if you aren't able to join us at the Howling Wolf, FunkyUncle.Live will still be live streaming the show every Wednesday for free. Coming to the FunkyUncle.Live stage on December 8th, it's a tribute to Professor Longhair, and on December 15th, Freddie Blue and the Friendship Circle Band. 100% of the proceeds generated from ticket sales goes to the Funk Fund that has raised over $550,000 and helped over 700 musicians and gig workers. So join us for a great cause at The Howling Wolf or at FunkyUncle.Live. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Oh. Probably like this. I'm thinking it would be wonderful if the weather could stay like this the rest of the year. Are you a cold weather person, Patty? No, huh? No, not at all. This weather's yeah. just beautiful. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I just thought, gosh, that would be so wonderful if we could just call this our winter and keep it going. Yeah, that you're right. Really, really nice. Yeah. Anyway, five five six nine six nine six. And that was just another half hour of the show. I had to move inside because, as usual, this seems to be the hot activity period for all of my neighbors to get their grass cut. So, um, so I'm now inside, which is a pity because it is just gorgeous outside. I have been going through some of the almanacs that we missed uh, while I was gone, and um, one that I really wanted to mention was. Um, the 26th of November, which would have been Saturday, last Saturday, I was always wondering when the actual first Thanksgiving, the original, was celebrated, and that was on November 26th in 1789. The first Thanksgiving... President George Washington proclaimed that day of the gra- that the day of gratitude for a multitude of things, chief among them the adoption of the U.S. Constitution, which also happened that year, along with the founding of my son's high school. In those days, big feasts, even bigger than what we do now, were the way one celebrated matters like this. So was the dinner that has always been the hallmark of Thanksgiving Day today in 1846. Sarah Josepha Hale, the editor of a woman's magazine, began a campaign to have Thanksgiving declared a permanent national holiday. She would persuade Abraham Lincoln to do so in 1863, again, on this very day. So even though Thanksgiving bops around in that period, uh, the official first Thanksgiving ever was 
November 26th. So I'll always remember when November 26th is the official day. Today it was, this year it was the 24th. It's also the same week that my grandson was born. So all of those dates kind of swirl around there. I'll remember though the 26th as the original real Thanksgiving day. It was also Grilled Oysters Day, according to the Almanac. At this time of year in the Gulf of Mexico, the water has cooled enough for oysters to leave their spawning days behind and to start bulking up. They stand up to a grilling without shrinking dramatically. Grilling oysters on the shell is nothing new, but some many years ago now, uh, Drago's version became a legendary dining phenomenon. Dozens of restaurants definitely. I would say hundreds of them have imitated it. The recipe for their char-grilled oysters is simple enough. It's garlic butter with some herbs, pepper, and Parmesan cheese on top. Some of the butter runs off the sides of the shells and flames up in the open fire, licking over the tops of the oysters and leaving behind a smoky flavor. You can make them at home if you have a good source of oysters, someone to open them, and a really hot grill. Chocolate oysters might be one of the greatest dishes ever invented in New Orleans, I think. <laughs> do you eat them, Patty? You do, don't you? I do. I love them. Yeah. You know, it's amazing, though, how widely varied the char-grilled oysters you get in restaurants are. I mean, I'm trying to think just of the places that we get them. I find that New Orleans Food and Spirits has a really great version of them. I love Drago's, and they are the original, but I can't say that Drago's is my favorite. I would say that Drago's is like maybe my top three, in my top three, but there are some that I do actually prefer. What are your favorites around town, Patty? So far, I pretty much like Drago's the best. I've had them at Drago's. I've had them at um, Acme Oyster House. They do good ones. Too. They do good ones. They're a little too wet for me. I, I don't know if I don't like raw oysters, so I like Agreed. them to be cooked really well. Agreed. And um, <laughs> I, and I find that that the ones that Acme are not cooked quite as much. And um, at my, our other little favorite place we go to, the Harbor Seafood uh-huh. Restaurant, they do a really good char-grilled char oyster. It's, it's kind of astonishing how many places do them, and even unexpected places. Like, Andrea has them on his menu now. I was really, really? surprised. He yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Um, I think that Acme is not consistent across the brand. Um, Acme on the North Shore had, to me, the best ones right there with New Orleans Food and Spirits. And I mean that in the same way that you do, in that they were probably overcooked for most people. Right. Now, you're getting them at what location? In the quarter? No, on uh, Veterans. Okay. So I would imagine that they're different, you know, depending on who's doing who's the cooking. Doing them, but yeah. the ones, yeah, the ones in um, Covington were perfect. They were well done. That's what I like them. Well done. Um, 
The ones at New Orleans Food and Spirits, they don't have them right now, but on the South Shore they do. And I don't know who's doing the cooking there, but I know that the ones in the Covington location, those are kind of my absolute favorite. They are completely overloaded with Parmesan cheese, which Tom does not like, but I do. Do you like a lot of Parmesan cheese? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. The more the better. You really like these then. Mm-hmm. When they bring them back, you should come over and have them because they're really loaded with Parmesan cheese, and I find that they're the only ones that really do a lot of Parmesan cheese. Have you ever had the Katie's Charbroiled oysters with the uh, bacon, um, bacon and the blue cheese? No. Those I are really had those. good. He, he does a char-grilled, like, trio. I think there's those. Or maybe it's just the two. Maybe it's just the regular and those, but they're really, really good. Where is that at? Where yeah. is that? You dropped out for a Katie's. second. Katie's. Katie's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have, mm. have a little bit of They're really, really good. And that specialty kind with the, uh, with the blue cheese and the bacon is exceptionally good. Chimes does uh, an oyster that I used to like, but for some reason is wet now. And if it's wet, Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Now, at, at another place that we really like to go on the North Shore, um, rest a while, they have charred oysters. They're kind of, I don't even know that they do Parmesan. It's like a little breadcrumb on it, and they're well done, and they are, for some reason, incredibly salty. And it's not, it's not a bad thing, because I like salt, but they, they're outstandingly salty. And... It works for oysters, but I've been told that they get it. They specifically like really salty, briny oysters. So they say it's not that they're adding salt. It's just they're especially briny. But if, if it's not the standard kind of char-grilled oysters for me, I don't, I'm not a, a huge fan. My beloved Oxford used to be char-grilled oysters. There's a lot of different kinds of oysters. They were not necessarily Gulf oysters. And they had, I don't know, some kind of, I forget what it's called. It's kind of like a French mise en place. Um, no, that's not the wrong thing. It's not mise en place, it's mirepoix. So they have a little mirepoix on top of it, and, and it's grilled with that. And then, and I just go, what is, what, wait, wait, where's the... Where's the cheese? Where's the pepper? Yeah. Where's the, where the garlic? Where's the that? butter? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they think it's it's fancy and it's gourmet, and okay, it's okay, but you have to really, really like oysters to eat those, whereas you don't necessarily have to really, really like oysters to eat the garlic butter one. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> as long as it's cooked enough so that they don't gross you out, and there's enough butter garlic, and parmesan, that's good. That's all you need. Anyway, if you have anything to add to our conversation about grilled oysters, and I can't imagine that anyone wouldn't because that's almost like, that's, that's almost like the signature dish now. I'm trying to think of one that, that tops that. You know, to get back to our friends from Chicago, when we pick them up at the airport, before we come go anywhere else, we have to go to Drago's. Yeah, yeah, like my sister. Yeah, yeah, and I do love Dragos, and I haven't had Dragos in a while. I think that Dragos tends to use really large oysters. 
because they have their own source, mm-hmm. and and they do an incredible amount of oysters. So you know they get sort of the tip of the litter, and most people do actually like really big oysters. I'm not one of them. Yeah, me either. Most people do. So I like oysters that have been cooked into smallishness. But it's tough to do that with dragos because they're really big. They're really big. Tell me this thing. I've heard this time. So gross. So, <laughs> but Tom, and I probably got an almanac or Tom told me. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard this, but there was this oyster that was the size of a plate. And it was, I guess, that old. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> like, there isn't enough garlic, butter, herbs, and crusty bread to fix that. No, I don't even want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just a, a frightening thought. <laughs> All right, we're getting into silliness now, but we are having fun talking about food, particularly oysters, as Tom has dubbed the 26th of November uh, oyster, grilled oyster day. And that is, like I said, kind of a ubiquitous dish and getting ever more so all over the place in New Orleans. If you have a favorite chocolate oyster, then give us a call, 556-9696. We'll be back after these messages. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed, I love a Gershwin tune, too. You know, I also love a lot of folks from Matthew's Have you seen that, um, that Christmas special, Patty, that's airing on PBS right now? It's a Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra Christmas special. No, but I bet you that's fabulous. It is. Well, you know what it's interesting? You know what's really, really interesting? Um, it's, there, I, I don't really do a lot of PBS, so I don't really know how it works, but I do know that they have these programs, I guess, during their pitch season. Are they always pitching, or is it a specific time of year? Do, do you watch much PBS? I don't know. I, I, it seems like they're always pitching, but I, I, you know, I don't know for sure. I don't watch a lot of it, unless it's somebody, you know, like a band or somebody that I that I want to see, and then I watch it. Yeah. Well, um, I don't. I'm trying to think. Of, I, I guess I'm just like you know scrolling through, and I saw Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra Christmas special, and so I um, clicked on it, and it was from 1967, and it was Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and their families singing Christmas songs and talking and doing little skits and things like that. And it was, it was like a time warp. I mean, it was so charmingly innocent. 
And uh, it was just fun to watch them clowning around, you know? And uh, I was, I, I taped it, and so, because we love Frank Sinatra here, so we, you know, taped it and have been looking at it a little bit. But I was told that it has not done very well across the country, which I find, I would say, surprising, although not really, but sort of sad. Time warped to a, a lovely little time, and... Um, I would have thought that Frank Sinatra would have really, you know, drawn a lot more people, but apparently it, it's not, and it's been pulled from the lineup. But they apparently had never aired it after one time in 1967, and then they found it somewhere, and this is the first time that they're re-airing it since 1967. So... Um, I just bring that up because we're talking about Gershwin, but uh, I mean, it has absolutely nothing to do with food. But I, I just thought it was—I thought it was a fun little, a fun little thing to watch, and and we did enjoy it. And I'm glad I kept it. Yeah, it is good. It's absolutely good. A Ballantine is the edible dictionary word in this particular almanac that I'm working off of. Ballantine. Usually that of a bird wrapped around a stuffing or, and I love this word, force meat and roasted. No, not force meat, force meat. I mean, all sausages are force meat. Often the stuffing involves another smaller bird, perhaps more than one. This sounds like a turducken. So a chicken could be stuffed with a squab, which is in turn stuffed with a quail. The best-known American version, oh, this does sound like a turducken, of a Ballantine is the Cajun turducken, in which a Cornish hen or chicken is stuffed inside a duck, which in turn is stuffed inside a turkey. All the birds are completely boneless, and layers of stuffings are inserted between the birds. In any of its forms, a Ballantine is a chef's showpiece more than it is a culinary masterpiece. Ballotines are often confused with galantines, which are only slightly sim- similar, being pâtés wrapped with meats and served cold. There's no such thing as a ballantine, which is what I was calling it for the first few references, but that word does appear on menus. So it's a ballotine. Ballotine. You have a production patty? No. No, yeah, I've never had one. Um, me neither. Oh, did we, Tom? I don't know if we did. Maybe someone, when Turducken starts gaining a lot of traction, you were already on the air. I want to say this goes back to maybe the, let's see, the show started in 1988. I would say maybe the late 90s, the Turducken became a really big thing. And the Butcher, is it a Butcher Block? Yeah, we actually had, uh, while you were on vacation, Bob Del Giorno and I had him on the air talking about yeah. the turducken. Yeah, and I think and it was what, what, the early 90s, I think. The 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was like the late 90s. I think Tom had been on the air about 10, 12 years when the turducken really made a splash. And um, maybe we got one from them. And I, I tried it, but I, I, I don't did. remember registering. I'm sure we did, yeah. I don't remember registering, boy, this is really great. I mean, it was just, 
I, I don't know. At a certain point, something becomes a little silly. But they still sell a lot of them, right? Yeah, they do. Thousands. It's it's incredible. When uh, the guy was on the air with us, it was like, uh, I can't believe how many. And he ships them all over the world. He, I asked him where was the furthest that he shipped one, and he said South Africa. Okay. Uh, five five six nine six nine six is the number. If the Yelp Kitchen page says if you put unopened oysters on a hot grill, they will pop open after a short while. It's saying you are opening them, which is not an easy job, but it seems uh, that it's something that's lost in the process to Tom. Uh, do you have any yourself, Patty? I'm sorry, you dropped out. What would you say? I saw you ever shuck oysters. Have you ever? No, no. <laughs> I haven't, but we have. You know, <laughs> my family has. I've never done it. Uh, it just looks too hard, and I would probably cut my hand. But uh, it, you know, that was kind of a Thanksgiving thing. You, you know, the family would buy a sack of oysters, and the guys would sit outside and shuck the oysters. And we we had some um, a few years ago at our house. We bought a sack when we had a friend in from out of town, and Bob and his friend shucked them. But it's it's a lot of work. My brother-in-law used to really dig that for some inexplicable reason. I think it's kind of a macho thing. I think uh, guys like to. Um, it's. It, it, I think it's that. I think that's what makes them want to suck oysters. I think I did it. I don't know. I'm not quite it the normal way. When we were, uh, as you can imagine, people have given us a lot of things over the years, and we have a very close friend who's Croatian. Yes, and we got a um, a thing I call it, and it it's like you know those um, those things that are uh, they're juicers, and you have like an arm that you lift up, and then you bring yeah. it down and yeah. juices. Okay, and it's a similar thing for oyster shucking, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, first of all, it's incredibly heavy. Yeah, I have seen and those. That, you have seen them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's like a little point where you find the hole in the oyster and then you, and then you hit it with this thing. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of a fun little idea. But by the time you do all the extra work of finding the hole and lining it up and cracking it by bringing it down, you could have shucked three oysters the regular way. Yeah. And I, I guess that's why they're not used that much in that when you are in the presence of an oyster shucker, they are shucking with a knife. Yeah. Because, but it's a really messy business. I mean, I, really? I, I, I would much prefer to just get them from someone already shucked, like yeah. a gallon of oysters. You know? I agree. And, and get the, the, the shells somewhere, and then you just put them together that way. Yeah. <laughs> You can actually buy little ceramic shells, you know. Uh, Have you ever seen those um, those, um, Lofton oyster shells? Yeah. Have you ever used them? Have you ever used them? No, I've never used them. What we did was we we cooked some, and they're... I don't know what they're made out of. I mean, they're ceramic, but I don't know what they're painted with. It's obviously food safe, but there's something about the coating that 
is not, uh, they don't stick, which is kind of weird. You, you use them, and they're black as can be, and you think, oh, gosh, how in the world am I ever going to clean these? And then it comes right off. It's, it's weird, yeah. but great. I mean, thank God, because we <laughs> are done with them. And they look like that, you think, oh, my goodness. I, mean, there's, I, I just have to throw these away. I'm never going to be able to clean them. And I'm glad I put them in water just to give it a try because it was much easier than I expected, thank heaven. So, anyway, 5569696 is the number. Tom is here. You've probably heard him. Can you hear him, Patty? He's yes, away. I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something you wouldn't say that, but you know what can I do? <laughs> anyway, uh, today in 1867, uh, J.B. Sutherland patented the refrigerated railway car, making it possible for the shipping of fresh meat and produce across great distances, notably uh, from the West. The descendants of the refrigerated car, refrigerated shipping containers, can be seen piled up on ships and railroad flatbed cars to this day. Uh, thank heaven for refrigeration, huh? It's it's a frightening thing to think about. Um, <laughs> before they had a honey <laughs> Tom's getting closer and closer, and I'm afraid he's just going to fall down on me. All right, that is it for the show. That's it for the show. And thank heaven for that. Uh, and we would love for you to celebrate with us by going to and clicking the yellow button which ends at the end of this year. WGSO has been community news talk station and the community voice of the Crescent City for 75 years. And um, we are coming back with the newsletter coming out twice a month, uh, twice a month in December. We'll have a lot of the same things that it had before. It went on its very long, protracted hiatus. But it is kind of awesome. If you would like to sign up for it, please do. You go to the top right page of nomania.com and sign up for the newsletter. Nomania.com is Tom's 50 year body of work. You'll find some 400 recipes. Steak restaurants, restaurant reviews, the list of all the restaurants that are open retail, uh, things like the Almanac, and many, many other things. Pretty much anything you ever wanted to know about food and New Orleans food in particular. That is nomenu.com. It is a place to just sort of spend a little time on reading about food. We also have our Instagram page at the New Orleans Menu. We would love for you to follow us there. We would also really, really, really like it if you could tell us about the show. It is, you know, just harmless nothingness, really, but it isn't everything else out there. And it's a commitment to not be anything else but talking about pleasure and the pleasure that food brings us. 
and I think that your friends would have an appreciation for that, too. We have Tim McNally coming up next with the Dying Wine and Spirits show. And tomorrow is the, um, we have the food truck people coming on. That's at 3 o'clock. But tomorrow is the WGSO food and wine and drink block. There's a bourbon show as well. Anyway, right. uh, tune in tomorrow at the same time, WGSO New Orleans, 4 o'clock. Policy. It forces asylum seekers to remain in Mexico until they get court dates in the United States. The Biden administration suspended the program, but that decision was overturned by a federal court.